8 o'clock. Appreciate you joining us, Jim and Cake, today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios. The most trusted name in automobiles. Predictions, Broncos, Lions on the team Saturday. Pre-game at 4 o'clock for that one. Also, which team has maybe been the biggest disappointment this year? Is it is it clearly the Jets? Is it the Bills? Are Do the Chiefs fall into that category? Defending Super Bowl champs, but Denver's only a game back. A team that had a 1-5 start. I, it's tough to say with the Chiefs because they're still in, for now, they're still in first they're, place they're in the AFC West. Yeah, they're, they're, they're a playoff team. Playoff, playoff team. This I'm going to throw, throw out a name. Cincinnati Bengals. Now, yeah, I, Browning played has played well. He's, in, been re, he's been really good. In replacement of Joe Burrow, but there was kind of, and, and maybe the expectations were tempered a little bit because Joe Burrow had the calf issue in training camp, and then now apparently we learned that there were some other injuries that went unreported. So maybe the expectations weren't quite as high for Cincinnati, especially since they did kind of what they always do, which is get off to a slow start and then gradually build up. But again, seven and six right now for Cincinnati. Can you really call a winning record a disappointment in the NFL? I, I'm hard-pressed yeah. to say no on that. No, I, I, I don't disagree. I'm throwing some... Throwing some uh, ideas out there, some candidates for the pile. But, man, Jake Browning's been really good. Uh, you know, of course, had the great career at Washington. Could never get it going in the NFL as a, a starting quarterback. But he's got his team right now. It's 7-6. and six. 354 yards and a touchdown against Jacksonville. Hit eight different receivers in that game. And they tied a season nine in points in that game. Also, did you notice the connection in that Colts game? Jake Browning versus Gardner Minshew, a rematch of the Apple Cup. Yep, the Apple Cup, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Gene Shorts, they can throw the football of those mountains. Gardner Minshew. Uncle Rico of the NFL himself. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I just think right now, I don't, I don't know if I can put the Bengals as a disappointment considering... Th- they shouldn't. They should probably not be in any way, shape, or form a playoff contender at the moment with without Joe Burrow, and that shows how good Jake Browning has been to get to get them in that position where they are a playoff contender at this moment. And the entire AFC North this year has just been a gauntlet. I mean, all four of those teams, save for maybe Pittsburgh, and I, you know, I'm going to throw at the Steelers as maybe a most disappointing team because I thought I. While that division's really good, it's really salty, I thought, can he pick it would be better in year two with that defense, Najee Harris, uh, you know, toting the rock, that I thought Pittsburgh was a really good contender to win that division be a playoff team. Pittsburgh was limited because of Matt Canada, and then they fired Matt Canada, and the yardage improved, but the points did not. Plus, you have Kenny Pickett go down with injury, and so now you've got... Mitchell Trubisky going in and replacing Kenny Pickett. And it just doesn't look like the offense is in a groove. They have to win these close, low-scoring games. 
you know, you're not going to get into a shootout with Pittsburgh this year. And yeah, I I would totally agree. I think Pittsburgh has totally been a disappointment this year. Biggest surprise. Houston would be on that Texans. list. Even though even though they lost last week, but they didn't have Tank Dell. They 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 got just massacred by massacred, my boy. Uh massacred by the Jets. How about the Denver Broncos? They've been a surprise. I'll tell you who I think has been one of the biggest surprises. The Indianapolis Colts. Yeah. Like, you draft Anthony Richardson, and he plays well. He wasn't bad. He was okay. He gets hurt. You bring Gardner Minshew in to fill that void. He's played really well. They, you know, there was all the drama in the offseason about if they were going to bring in Jonathan Taylor, if they were going to release him, or, well, he was injured, well, he's not injured, and, you know, all this stuff. Despite all the kind of noise surrounding the Colts, they've muddled, uh, uh, weighted the waters and have been competitive in what is admittedly not a great AFC South division. Jacksonville's improved. We know what the Texans are. Titans. That's that's a big win for the Titans. Oh, Will Levis. No, it was. It was. Big win against Miami. But I know what you're saying. And and Jacksonville has kind of come back to earth a little bit here lately. Back to the most disappointing, though. Mm -hmm. I know who it is for me. Steelers would be in that, that, that conversation. But you know who it is? The team the Broncos beat last Sunday. The LA Chargers. Oh, how, yeah. how are you a five-win football team with one of the best young quarterbacks in the league in Justin Herbert? Until they got hurt. Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler. Khalil Mack. Khalil, Khalil Mack. And then when Joey Bosa's healthy, Derwin James can one of the better safeties in the league. Yeah, you've got all that talent. How can you not... How are, yeah, how are you not better than that? That is coaching. That is That's why Brandon Staley is dead coach walking right now. That is coaching to a to a T. That you have all the talent in the world. You've got Herbert. You've got, like you said, Alan Eckler, Mac, Derwin James, Bosa. You've got all those talents. You can't muster more wins. And it's and they've all been close, except for the Broncos game. All of the one-score games. One-score games. You know, teams that have been, like, excellent, you know, legacy, dynasty teams that get into one-score games, they win those one-score games. They don't lose one-score games. If you're if you're a legitimate threat in the NFL, you do not lose one-score games. They've lost so many one-score games, and that's coaching. I'm going to add one more to the list of teams that I think have been disappointing this year, and I think it's only because, you know, we're talking about legacy. Sure. Patriots. Yeah, probably so. Yeah. You draft Mac Jones in the first round out of Alabama. He shows some promise. But you also put him in a horrible position of not having good weapons around him and not having a dedicated offensive coordinator. So then you bring in a guy who famously destroyed 
a franchise in the Houston Texans, and that would be Bill O'Brien. Only brought him back because Belichick knows him and, you know, a little bit of, uh, I don't want to call it necessarily nepotism, but it's, you know, nep Friendism. nepotism adjacent. <laughs> and Bill O'Brien and his work on Mac Jones has clearly not helped. So then you threaten Mac Jones with his job and say, well, we're going to test Bailey Zappi. And then so you're, so you're only making it worse because now you've made the threat of Bailey Zappi a reality for Mac Jones. You've wrecked his confidence. And it's clearly now to a point where Bill Belichick has lost his, you know, ironclad grip of the Patriots and the Patriot way. And people are starting to realize, hey, that Tom Brady fellow was probably... Uh, was pretty important. Probably real significant to the Patriots' success. Not, I don't want to say more so than Belichick. Equal partners. Very equal. And then when that division took place, the split off between Belichick and Brady. Brady also went someplace else and won a Super Bowl. Exactly. <laughs> Bill, and that, and that Bill was, was not done it since since TB12 left. Yeah. By the way, for the Chargers, five one-score losses this year. There you go. Five one-score losses. Plus, they also won a 6 nothing game against the aforementioned New England Patriots. All right, so make sure you get signed up for uh, Pile Pigskin Pick'em, powered by Kissner Motors. David Edwards was our winner last time out. Wins that gift card to Wrigley Field uh, right there off uh, North Avenue, just a little bit to east of uh, Stoker Stadium and Sam Sapolizio Field, and they have the 15-minute uh, lunch guarantee. It's half off if they don't have it on your table in 15 minutes. So uh, keep that in mind if you're looking for a great place uh, for lunch today. But uh, congratulations to David Edwards. So get your picks in. Of course, we have the Chargers and the Raiders tonight on the team pregame at 530. So get your picks in. It's powered by Kissner Motors. And don't forget, grand prize, that uh, Traeger, tailgater, Traeger Tailgater Grill. Easy for me to say. From Fruita Co-op Country, uh, they have a ton of holiday uh, items out there and and great gift ideas at uh, Fruita Co-op Country, and also a five hundred dollar gift card to Play It Again Sports. Another great place to do some holiday shopping, but uh, get all the details. Get signed up now if you've not been playing at the Team Thirteen Forty dot com. It is powered by Kistner Motors. Time to go around the NFL. Dad! The latest on the Broncos and the league. It's around the NFL on the Jim Davis Show. By the way, the, the Broncos power rankings, the NFL website power rankings, highest ranking for the Broncos this season and in the power rankings. It's what, like seven or eight, right? Uh, they're 11th. Okay. They're 11th in the power rankings, which is pretty good. Oh, look at me being Mr. Optimist. That's okay. It's all right. That's, I'll take that. <laughs> Very rare. I'll, 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 take, I'll take 11th right now. I'm not... I'm not greedy. I, I'm glad. I'm glad they're. I'm glad they're inside the top fifteen. To be quite honest, seriously. All right. So the Broncos take on Detroit Saturday night primetime game in the Motor City, as uh, the Broncos at seven and six, and you have a, a a nine and four Detroit Lions football team. Dan Campbell used to work for Sean Payton. Yep. When he was in New Orleans, and Sean Payton, Broncos head coach, talking about the relationship he has. With the knee-biter, Dan Campbell. I see a team that reflects their head coach. They're physical in the running game. They've got a young, talented offensive line. How they play defensively, absolutely. And look, we're in a passion business. 
And Bill, you uh, talk to me all the time. We're in the we're, we're looking for passion people, and and he epitomizes that. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Dan Campbell, a, a passionate guy, even from day one at his press conference, he took over the Lions. Speaking of stopping Detroit, Justin Simmons, Broncos safety. Talks about slowing down Jared Goff and the Lions offense. They have a, a plethora of weapons, but uh, their run game is really explosive. And, um, you know, first things for us, if you, you know we can't find a way to generate ways to stop the run, um, you know, we're going to stand no chance in, in the pass game. Um, you know, once an offense is able to run the football, they kind of dictate uh, tempo and what they want to do. And so for us, man, we got to make sure that we commit to doing a good job of stopping the run and then obviously eliminating the explosives. I think they're a uh, you know, top five offense and explosive plays. Well, they flying a spy plane over Justin Simmons while it's going on. What was Yeah, it? some of the audio was <laughs> not what was, great. What was that? Justin Simmons also talking about uh, getting after Goff and the approach with blitz packages. Uh, we're playing sound communication-wise, and, um, you know, when you're able to do that, you're able to execute at a higher level. Um, I think VJ's doing a really good job calling it. Um, you know, he's mixing up our pressures and our looks and um you know when we do dial them up you know i think opposing offenses aren't sure if you know it's coming or not and then when we bluff and we kind of what we call simulated pressures um you know we may drop one or two but add one or two on the opposite side um you know that could confuse offenses so i think we're doing a good job executing vj's doing a good job calling it all right so that's uh, bronco safety justin simmons the guys had a big impact on the offensive side another big touchdown catch incredible play by Cortland Sutton Sunday against the Los Angeles Chargers. Cortland Sutton on Practice Makes Perfect. Make some of our practice plays, you know, as game-like as possible so that, you know, we get in those situations in the game. It's not a – it becomes an afterthought. It's just something that just, you know, it happens because we've seen it before. All right, so there's uh, Cortland Sutton as the Broncos take on the Lions Saturday night pregame at 4 o'clock on the Team Sports Network, just uh, taking a check of uh, – the injury report for the Broncos and the Lions as well, that uh, Nick Benito uh, did not practice. He's been dealing with a knee injury, didn't practice yesterday. Likewise for P.J. Locke dealing with a neck injury. P.J. Mm. Locke has become a huge part of this defense's ability to uh, to blitz, get to the quarterback, uh, along with uh, Jaquan McMillan and some of those blitz packages. But the job that he's done just in the secondary as well, playing next to Justin Simmons has been huge. But uh, he didn't practice yesterday. Uh, Samaje Pirine's been dealing with the knee. Practiced uh, Tuesday. Uh, did not practice yesterday because it was a veteran's rest day. So it was not an injury-related day off yesterday for Samaje Pirine. Jonathan Cooper limited a practice both uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, dealing with an ankle injury. Greg Dolchich with the hamstring. He was a full participant Wednesday. We might see him on the field Saturday when the Broncos play the Lions. We'll talk about that in a moment. And also uh, Quinn Miners, remember he had the illness, was taken to the hospital, had an yeah. elevated heart rate. He was a full participant both Tuesday and Wednesday. So the gut looks like he is good to go against the Lions coming up on Saturday. And for uh, the Lions, Taylor Decker, tackle, was limited to practice Wednesday. Uh, Benito Jones, a defensive tackle, limited. He's been dealing with a neck injury. Frank Ragnow, their center. Uh, limited at practice on Wednesday. Of course, uh, uh, Graham Glasgow, part of that offensive line group, uh, going back to the Lions after he spent a period of time with the Broncos. Josh Reynolds, who's become a really good complimentary receiver to Brown and company, um, limited at practice yesterday dealing with a back problem and backup quarterback Hendon Hooker uh, with a f- full participant. Uh, he's been dealing 
with a knee injury. So um, Broncos, we talked about the, the Lions favored by four in this game Saturday night at Ford Field. We'll talk with uh, Cody York coming up in just a couple of minutes about uh, uh, his thoughts about uh, the matchup Saturday with the Broncos and the Lions. Some other NFL news this morning that um, where's Bill Belichick going to go? If the Patriots decide to to move on from him, say maybe they trade him, maybe they do what like the Saints did, hmm. and they tell Bill, "Look, we're it's time time to go a different direction. We would like to get something out of our relationship here beyond what we've already got from you, which has been six Super Bowls, which, right? Which ain't nothing. Um, so what what's going to happen here? Could would he be okay with them trading him? Mike Florio talks about it in uh, Pro Football Talk about uh, whether or not uh, Bill Belichick would be okay with being traded someplace. And where is that someplace? Who would want Belichick? Well, with, if, if you're wearing rose-colored glasses, everybody would want Bill Belichick. But if you look objectively at what he has done this last season also last two seasons I don't really know that you would want to bring him in now having said that immediately just now I thought of a team that would trade for him and that would be one Carolina Panthers I think David Tepper would be so brazen enough to say Hey, if we can get Bill Belichick to come to Carolina, he can he can coach up Bryce Young. Never mind the fact that he's already ruined one Alabama quarterback's career, but we can you know we can work around that. You know, he I think I think David Tepper would be the guy that would that would absolutely trade for a Bill Belichick type. So but, look for but Bill. is that gonna, but is that going to work though? Oh God, no. In in terms of. Tepper, we talked about te- with David Tepper. But David Tepper cannot help but but meddle. It's going to be the worst combination of David Tepper, David Tepper's meddling and Bill Belichick's sort of lost grip of his, you know, of his former success. But also keep in mind, remember they sent those picks to the Bears to get Bryce Young. They don't have a lot to work with. Not going to stop them. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't see it working from Belichick wanting to go there. Remember, I, Denver didn't have a lot of draft capital after they traded for Russell Wilson. That didn't stop them from trading the rest of their draft yeah. capital for Sean Payton. Yeah, and may, maybe the Patriots would jump at that. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens there. But one final thing, uh, Greg Dolchich could play Saturday. Sean Payton was very coy about whether or not He'll, he'll be available to play. But one of the things that if you're the Broncos, you look at, they, they need somebody in that, that tight end group to start contributing. I mean, it, Adam Trotman's been okay at times. Still open. But Chris Manhurts is not that guy, obviously. He's a blocker. He's not, not a receiving tight end. You know, they, they activated Kroll off the practice squad. We had the big catch, like what, 30-some yard catch in the game Sounds right. Sunday against uh, the, the Los Angeles Chargers. 
But I mean, you, you look at the numbers as far as tight end. Uh, Lucas Kroll had the catch for 35 yards. Manhurts has got four catches for 16 yards. Ooh. Adam Troutman's got 19 catches for 158 yards. They could use the playmaking ability of Greg Dolchich in the worst possible way, and it couldn't come at a better time. Absolutely. All right, uh, A21, and it's uh, time to play the Piles' favorite game on a Thursday, which is... Yes. I fell skied myself there. That would be you. All right, so if you are the first correct texter on the Chick-fil-A breakfast team text line, 970-242-1340, you will get a case of New Belgium beer, courtesy of our friends at High Country Beverage. Must be 21 or older, and if you've won within the last two weeks, please sit it out. And also, if you don't want the prize, don't play. Otherwise, text in 970-242-1340 for who is it today. Despite my only championship success coming in Colorado, I'm probably more well-known as a member of the team I first played for. While at Auburn, I was named both most valuable receiver and most valuable linebacker. I was high school teammates with guys who would go on to have solid NFL careers, Marcus Washington and Osu Manura. Bill Parcells did not want to draft me but rather current ESPN analyst Marcus Spears until ownership overruled him. Who is it? All right. First correct answer when a case of New Belgium beer from a high country beverage, like Tyler mentioned, must be 21 or older. If you've won the last two weeks, don't play. If you don't want the prize, set it out. What's, why wouldn't you? I don't. Case of beer. Come on. Come on. Come on. Just baffles me. Anyway, uh, with us right now, Larry Manchester, Grand Junction Parks and Rec. Hello, Larry. How are you? Good morning. How are things in uh, the Parks and Rec world these days? Holiday season, of course, we're in, in the throes of it right now. We are. We uh, had a great weekend last weekend with our candy cane hunt and our um, Santa Claus run down on Riverfront at the Las Colonias and Chocolate Walk. And now we're kind of getting into um, transition mode to, to 2024. You know, we thank all of the great... Um, people that participated in all our events through 2023, but we are still taking registrations for our youth basketball program, our boys' youth basketball program that starts up in January. If you haven't got your kiddos registered, this is for first through eighth grade, um, please do so because I know there's going to be people that have coach requests or carpool requests, and sooner we can get those in, the more likely it is that we'll be able to accommodate those because once those teams fill up and if you haven't got your kiddo on, on that it's roster. Not much wiggle room Not there. much wiggle room because this is a, a huge program for us. Probably, you know, upwards of 100 teams in these in these grades. So please give us every opportunity to make sure that we can get you guys where you need to be and get your kids registered. Also, getting ready right after the first of the year, a new activity guide coming out. So you'll be able to look and see all the great activities coming up for 2024. It'll be hitting mailboxes the first week of January, online January 2nd. So registration's open for all of those on January 2nd. And the best way to do that is going online to, to do that. Uh, you can also pick up a guide after the first of the year at the parks office if you don't get one in your mail. So there's a lot of ways to, to find out all the great stuff we have going on 
and and moving forward into 2024. And even though we're not into baseball season, the entire outfield being replaced. Yes. At Sam Saplesio. Yeah, they're uh, it's long overdue. That yes. those those uh, ply or ply, the plywood basically <laughs> <laughs> been there uh, for a long time. They have been there for a long time. So it's really exciting to to see that new fencing going up and and what that's going to look like. We've had a ton of great holiday parties up in the hospitality suite going on. So if you haven't had a chance to have your company party there, look there for, for next year. Uh, but it's And just, the folks up there do a great job, by yeah. the way, that work for the, the city thank do you. a fantastic job. Yeah, thank you. I know it's, a, and we do it because of, of the community. You know, we really, we can't do what we do without your guys' support. And that's one of the biggest takeaways for, for 2023. And uh, with 2024 coming, continue work on the community rec center design and, and construction and all of that it's just we're going to have an exciting year and it's been a great year to, to look back on as we as we move forward more new pickleball courts more new pickleball all, all the courts, work out of canyon view yeah, yeah lighting at the pickleball and tennis complexes just a ton of stuff going on we're so lucky to have the the kind of parks and rec department we have here in the, the, the city yeah. and and all the resources all the the, the amenities that yeah. uh, we have we're, we're we're a pretty lucky place. Yeah, and if your kids are looking for something to do over this holiday break, don't forget the Orchard Mesa Community Center pool. Go out, drop them off, let them burn off some energy in the water. Go shopping, come back and get them. You know, they'll be pooped and ready for bed. All right, very good. Larry, appreciate it. Merry Christmas, happy holidays. Same to you. Thank All you. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Our broadcast report with Cody Work coming up, brought to you by Modern Classic Motors and Gallagher's Flooring. We're going to be here a while. Would you like to talk? Talk to me! The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Talking Broncos with Mile High Sports' Cody Rourke on the Jim Davis Show. With us right now is the host of the Locked on Broncos podcast, also covers the Broncos for Mile High Sports' Cody Rourke. Cody, hello, how are you? I'm good, Jim. How are you doing? I'm doing well, doing well. A great sign that uh, Greg Dolchich was at practice yesterday. Sean Payton being kind of coy about whether uh, Greg's going to play Saturday in Detroit against the Lions, but uh, this could be a much-needed a much needed boost in terms of a, another receiving threat for Russell Wilson, considering you look at the numbers for Troutman and Manhurts, and though Nick Kroll had the, uh, uh, the Lucas Kroll, excuse me, had the big catch, 35 yards. Think of the comedian, Nick Kroll. <laughs> Lucas Kroll had the catch for 35 yards against the Chargers. That The tight end spot just has not been... Uh, a complimentary position offensively so far, and, and Dolchich could really help boost that spot. Yeah, and that's the you know that's the hope and that's the plan that they had. To be honest with you, I was surprised to see Dolchich yesterday when we were out there at practice. You know, I didn't. Part of me was waiting to see if they were trying to figure out if they were going to be in the playoffs or not. You know, versus um, you know the idea of maybe bringing him back. Um, but the fact that he was a full participant yesterday is a great sign. Um, the fact we haven't heard anything yet on Nick Benito kind of tells me that I think the plan is to place Benito on injured reserve, which means that they would activate Greg Dulcich officially and he would take up that spot on the 53-man roster. And more than likely, I think he'll play on Saturday. That's the vibe. That's my speculation that I have just based on what I've seen. Um, will he play on Saturday is a great question. Today's practice, this is a little bit of a weird week. And, and if he doesn't play, I could see this being why um, they practiced yesterday. They practiced today. They're going to do a walkthrough tomorrow that we don't get access to, and then they're flying. So basically tomorrow is essentially their Saturday. So today is essentially the Friday practice uh, if it were a normal week, Jim. So 
Um, because this is, yesterday was his first day back on the field, I don't know if we'll see him this weekend, um, but I imagine we'll see him here soon. P.J. Locke uh, was out yesterday dealing with a neck injury. Boy, if he can't play, that's a huge loss to the Broncos right now because he's played so well uh, next to Justin Simmons. Oh, yeah. No, 100%. That, that to me, is something that's a little concerning right now is, you know, P.J., he was on their estimated um, estimated DNP if they were to practice on Tuesday. Didn't see him yesterday. Today's going to be big, Jim. If we don't see him out there today, he will more than likely not play on Saturday, which means that Delarian Turner Yell would be stepping in at the safety position uh, for him. We'll more than likely see J.L. Skinner on the active, on the game day active list versus being inactive, more so as a contingency plan, special teams type of emphasis there for him. Um, not ideal, not ideal at all, which is crazy because I'm trying to figure out, you know, for P.J., like he came in and finished the game, he got a sack. So I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's just maybe the aftermath of it, whiplash, whatever it may be, but uh Hoping he's okay. We'll uh, we'll keep you updated. Obviously, if Broncos fans are interested, I'm on Threads and Twitter at Cody Work NFL. I always try to share updates as I get them. We're not allowed to post them until after practice. So today's practice is going to be very critical here for Denver and I think for some of these guys on the injury report. And of course, you can catch Cody's report this afternoon at 4:20 right here on the Team Sports Network. Cody Work, My Life Sports, Locked On Broncos podcast host with us. Our Broncos insider as Denver gets right ahead to Detroit to take on the Lions. And they, they face a Lions team that uh, is not as red hot as they once were. They dropped uh, a, you know, a couple of games here uh, recently. Uh, of course, uh, uh, they absolutely got uh, handled by Baltimore a couple of weeks ago. And uh, for this uh, Lions football team with Jared Goff, that you look at one number, and it's on target percentage, that um, Jared Goff is sixth on that list. So when he's got time... He's been pretty good. He'll make the occasional mistake. He, he's not Josh Allen, but he's going to make the occasional mistake where he, he, he makes a, a bad decision and, and uh, turns over the football with an interception. But for the most part, he's been pretty darn good in terms of on-target percentage. And for guys that Brock has faced, Tua Tonga Viola, Sam Howell, uh, who are uh, high up on that list, uh, Denver struggled with both those quarterbacks. But I also think it's a much different defense than the defense that faced yeah. those two quarterbacks uh, when they were going through that one-and-five stretch. 100%. No, that, that, that's definitely, there's a tremendous difference between then and now. And Denver wasn't as blitz happy during that time against those guys. And, you know, the thing with Jared Goff and that offense, one thing they do a really good job of, and this is why I think it's paramount that they get pressure is because they will attack you vertically, but then they'll send, you know, one or two routes uh, underneath to try to attack soft spots if you're playing zone coverage. You know, a lot of times they have some designed man beaters that they try to, you know, wrinkle in underneath, especially in the passing game, to try to get it right in front of the safety and right behind the inside linebacker. Um, so it's just about those understanding, hey, we got to get pressure on Jared Goff, got to take away some of those crossing powders, because it, really that's where Amon Ross St. Brown eats. It's really on those deep over routes um, in, in certain spots of the field, against zone, against man, and they really try to isolate it. And then obviously... Josh Reynolds is a big body receiving threat. Kind of reminds me a little bit of Nico Collins. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah. ideally from a personnel standpoint, Jim, Detroit's going to be a tough matchup here for Denver. Um, but with how the defense has been playing, like if P.J. Locke plays, I'll be a little more comfortable. If he doesn't play, I'm going to be a little anxious, to be honest with you, about the Broncos on Saturday. Yeah, St. Brown's a tremendous talent. But when I, watch the, when I watch the Lions play this season, Josh Reynolds comes up with big catches, third down conversions. Yep. He's going to be a problem for him because he was a little bit limited at, at practice, I believe. 
But uh, for Josh Reynolds is a guy that has been a, a go-to guy in key moments for Jared Goff in the passing game. Not only that, too, Sam Laporta. Sam Laporta is a guy that can hurt you in a big way. And then if I had to get like a wild card, Jim, for Broncos fans to keep an eye on, it's Khalif Raymond, former Bronco. Um, You know, he gets into the slot a little bit from time to time. Not as many snaps at wide receiver, but he can also hurt you in the return game. So you got to watch out for him, especially he's one of the NFL's best punt returners in terms of explosiveness and the ability to break it open. Um, Yeah, but I think really – I think coming into this game, I'm, I'm very curious to see what Vance Joseph's game plan is going to be because, to me, I think the most dangerous aspect of this Lions offense is their two-headed rushing attack between David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. To me, those guys are very explosive. It didn't show in uh, the game this past Sunday against the Chicago Bears, but each I think they one guy had 11 carries, the other guy had 10. They each had 66 yards each unlimited uh, snaps and limited, you know, run carries there. And they contributed in 132 um, pass, uh, rushing yards in that game there. They could break it open at any moment. And that to me is a little bit of a concern here. Denver's going to have to be very stout against the run. And if they can do that, Jim, then I think they can unleash a little bit more in, in terms of obviously their pressure rate in terms of Jared Goff. Yeah, Montgomery is almost Mr. Automatic in the red zone. I mean, goal line oh, situations, man. David Montgomery's just been, Phenomenal for them, and and you mentioned Sam Laporta, I, having a one of the best seasons a rookie tight end has ever had, and we know how tough it is for rookie tight ends to make that adjustment have an impact in year one. He's Denver's had a history of having problems with tight ends. Let's hope that uh, Sam Laporta is not uh, one of those problems coming up on on Saturday. And then on the other side, Aiden Hutchinson with that Lions defense, you know, not playing particularly well against Justin Fields and the Bears. I know Hutchinson. To quote one of their websites, hell-bent on getting the Lions defense back on track. He is an outstanding pass rusher. It's a really it's a really good defense, but the Bears found some cracks in that defense last weekend. Yeah, I, and they've been giving up over, close to 30 points per game over the course of the last four weeks. Their, their cornerbacks are struggling. The secondary isn't that great. Um, man, Alex Anzalone is a very, very good player. Um, played for Sean Payton. I think he had a really, really funny blurb yesterday where he said he thinks Sean's going to try to come in and hang 50 on him. <laughs> um, and then, obviously, Hutchinson is just a, an unbelievable motor, Jim. I mean, this is a guy – Denver's faced some pretty good pass rushers this year, and I've been pretty surprised for the most part at how they've been able to handle them. I think against some of the elite guys, there haven't been a lot of, like, big plays or, you know, plays given up. But then it's, when you're playing against edge rushers that aren't necessarily the greatest, that's where they've gotten Denver in some of these games, Houston being one of those great examples, you know, more recently, Chicago being a great example back in week five or week four, whatever it was. And I just think with Aiden Hutchinson, he is a guy you're going to have to allocate resources to because of his motor. He doesn't give up. And yeah, it's, Denver's going to have to get the ball in their hands quickly a little bit this week. Cause I know Detroit, they are going to ramp up the pressure. Aaron Glenn's going to send a lot of it after uh, Russell Wilson. We'll see how Sean Payton and him counteract it. Of course, the Sean Payton-Dan Campbell relationship. Campbell coached uh, for Sean Payton when he was in New Orleans, so there's that that respect, that relationship between those two. Yeah, no, and obviously uh, I think that's really cool hearing Dan. Like, I think Dan Campbell said when he took the job, you know, his experience with Sean Payton was the reason he wanted to become a coach. And this is his ability to lead, I, I think, is, is there. And, and obviously you see, we've seen it on Hard Knocks, like, I would love to have played for a coach like Dan Campbell. And I had a couple coaches like Dan Campbell. So, I, I, But I've never got to play for Dan Campbell. It's a different story. We're talking about guys who are like Dan Campbell versus guys who are Dan Campbell. Um, 
I think what he has done, and I think the parallels that you can draw between these two teams, Jim, from the Lions last year being one and six, finishing the season, I think it was nine and eight, barely missing out on the playoffs, which they should have got in. I don't know how a team with a worse record got in over them last year in the NFL playoff format. It is what it is, but um, and seeing where Denver was at at one and five, and now they're sitting in a good position where they themselves can maybe knock on the doors of being in the playoffs. Um, it's just a it's just a test of grit, resiliency, and I think that when you look at these two teams how Sean Payton has these guys ready and how Dan Campbell has those guys ready. You see a lot of interesting parallels between them. Um, it's never easy, but it's galvanizing. And I think that's one thing that kind of makes these guys kind of very similar a lot. And obviously they're cut from the same cloth. No doubt about it. Four o'clock pregame countdown to kick off the Saturday Broncos at Detroit to take on the Lions right here on the Team Sports Network. Cody, appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. And, and thanks again. And, of course, don't uh, forget to catch Cody's report uh, 420 today right here on the team. Thanks, man. Appreciate you guys. Have a good one. Go Tigers. All right, Cody Rourke, My Life Sports, Locked on Broncos podcast. We have our team's team of the week coming up. Let's quickly dive into. We're into four-down territory on the Jim Davis Show on the team. All right, uh, first down on X Twitter, Kirk Herbstreet. On his uh, profile page, apparently somebody has hacked it. Uh-oh. Because it has an ad that, um, well, endorses an AI tool that promises to undress any woman using AI. Is this kind of like Jeff Passan getting the uh, crypto I think hack it's the same kind of thing. Yes. So apparently Kirk Herbstreet... Uh, yeah, somebody hacked his account in encouraging that kind of product. Come on, people. Come oh. on, people. Also, uh, one more about Kirk Herbstreet. That uh, Herbstreet continues to defend his comments about the college football playoff selection and keeping Florida State out. He uh, He's responded to the, the notion that he has an agenda in regard to repping the SEC and shooting down the ACC. And he continues to comment on it, apparently. And Herb Street took to social media that uh, to continue to defend his case, he responded to a fan who used an opportunity to invoke his dog, Ben, before asking why he had Alabama and in Florida State out, which was uh, before, of course, Jordan Travis was carted off for a leg injury in the middle of a 58-13 to win over North Alabama. So he already had Alabama in before that happened. Hmm. And Herb Street said, because Alabama's better, period. So is Texas, Michigan, Washington. So is Oregon. So is Georgia. I watch 10 to 15 games a week live from September to early December. I think I'm allowed to have an opinion on who I think is better. So there we go. That's, he continues to be asked about it. He responded, can we just let it go now? Just he thinks, Alabama, go. thinks Alabama's better. All right. Uh, third and fourth down. Draymond Green, we talked about, suspended indefinitely after getting his third ejection this season and the second one for just straight-up violence. Do you know, Jim Davis, your sports trivia question of the day, where Draymond Green ranks on the all-time most ejected players list? <laughs> I'll say 10th. Two. Oh, okay. <laughs> 19 ejections for Draymond Green. The leader, Rashid Wallace, with 29. 
Who so he's got to choke out PJ Carlissimo. <laughs> he's got he's got a way to, to go, but uh, yeah, he's working still. hard at it. He's, he's working hard. That's one way to put it. Uh, fourth down, former colleague and guy whose job I basically took from him when I got here, Boats and Droz. Uh, he posted to uh, the platform formerly known as Twitter, now X. Uh, Kale McCarr had a shot ripped through the netting, wound up hitting poor Boats and Droz in the neck. <laughs> so he took a puck to the neck last night, got to keep it. Oh, he's fine. I'm sure he's fine. He's but, fine. You know. Ouch. Don't. See, that's a good memory to have, though. Yeah. Let's yeah. just be clear. I don't know if I'd want to take a puck to the neck from Kale McCarr, but like, there are worse. There are worse ways. I'd wear that the badge of honor. I would too. I totally I'm would. I'm have to text Rosie. I think I still got his number. I'm proud of him. <laughs> there you go. All right. Uh, coming up next, our team's team of the week on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. You are listening to The Jim Davis Show on the team, 101 FM, 1340 AM, Grand Junction. It's the team's team of the week on The Jim Davis Show. All right, this week, our team's team of the week is the Montrose Red Hawks girls basketball team. They're 5-1 right now, and the uh, Red Hawk girls in the vans heading up to uh, the Basalt Longhorn Classic. They'll take on rifle later on today but after that opening loss to rocky mountain the uh, the red Hawks have rattled off uh, five straight victories joining us right now head coach steve skiff also maggie leg macy oberg and tegan rocco from the red Hawks girls basketball team steve good morning how are you good morning how you doing jim doing fine uh your team's on a heck of a roll right now uh after that opening loss to rocky mountain 59 43 you've won five straight uh, beat a, a delta team that uh, had an outstanding season last year uh, you're now heading up, of course, to Basalt for their tournament. But uh, what's been the, the big key in the, in the turnaround after just that, that one loss and and rolling out to five straight victories for this basketball team? Yeah, I think for us, just, you know, trying to get better each and every day and, and you know, just watching these girls play more and more games together. They're starting to get some, you know, confidence and familiarity with each other. And um, that was, you know, we had some really good wins, being able to, to beat Delta down in Pagosa, and then also last weekend, um, our win over Canyon City was, was a big win for us. Gave us a lot of confidence. Where have you seen the biggest improvement, Steve, during this five-game winning streak uh, on the offensive side or what you're doing defensively? You know, obviously for us, defense is always going to kind of be our number one thing. And, and we talked a lot about, you know, playing good, solid defense, turning it into offense. But I, I do think our offense is coming. We, uh, We've been shooting the ball pretty well from the outside, um, being able to execute some of our offenses. And so that's kind of been the thing that I've seen progress the most so far this year. Steve Skiff, coach of the Montrose Girls basketball team with us. They're our team's team of the week. We have uh, with us Macy Oberg, sophomore, who's the leading scorer right now, leading rebounder for the Red Ox at 13.7 points per game and almost eight rebounds per contest. Macy, uh, what were some things that you really try to focus on heading into this sophomore season after a, a really good freshman campaign? Now, maybe some things you're in the, in the gym doing during open gym and at some camps. Uh, kind of take us through your preparation for this season. Um, I've just been trying my best and working hard, but my teammate, my teammates have ultimately been there for me every second of the way, have been super encouraging, and they've been there with me individually what have you felt like you've uh, made uh, maybe made the biggest improvement on in terms of your shooting 
um, ball handling, uh, you know, court vision, those kind of things. What's the area you feel like you've made your biggest improvement? Um, my biggest improvement would probably be defensive wise and rebounding and just trying my hardest with that. We also have uh, Maggie Leg, a fellow sophomore as well, averaging 10 points per game for uh, the, the Montrose Red Ox basketball team. And, and Maggie, kind of along the same lines with Macy, uh, after uh, playing a lot as a freshman last year, what have been some of the biggest changes for you in the sophomore campaign uh, starting out with this 5-1 and one record? Um, I think, like, offensively for me, I've scored a lot more and looked to score. But my teammates pushed me really hard in practice, so it, it's gotten me a lot better, um, which has helped this year a lot. On the defensive end, you're averaging almost uh, just a little under two and a half steals per game. Uh, an area that you kind of worked on defensively. I know Coach Skiff talks about how important defense is for the Red Ox, but for you, is that an area you put some some attention into? Yeah, I like to pressure the ball a lot. I think it helps us get into the groove, especially offense. when offense is going our way, defense does. So I think helping my teammates in that way works really good for us. So we've talked to a couple of sophomores in Macy Oberg and Maggie Legg, but uh, uh, the senior, Tegan Rocco, is the second-leading scorer right now, averaging uh, 12 points per game uh, on the season and about uh, uh, three-and-a-half rebounds per contest. Tegan, uh, uh, as a senior leader on this basketball team, uh, uh, kind of take us through uh, the, the role that you play in, in terms of, of leading this Red Hawks basketball team. Uh, yeah. I think we've been doing super good, and um, this year, just learning more how to shoot more outside. I've been more of a post player um, most of my years, so I've been like learning how to shoot the ball more and drive more and look to get open and look to lead my team and to winning as much games as we can. So far in the season, you got uh, four threes. Maggie leads away with, with eight threes on the season. Is, uh, and Tegan also asked Maggie this as well. Has that been uh, part of, of the focus for both of you is to be more of a threat on the perimeter this season? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, more against zones. We play a lot of zones, which is whatever, but it's, it's, we got to um, be confident when we shoot the ball. So, it's yeah, a lot of that confidence comes from each other. We're talking with Maggie Legg, Macy Oberg, and Tegan Rocco of the Montrose girls basketball team. They're our team's team of the week, off to a 5-1 and one start, heading up to Basalt for the Longhorn Classic. And, and Steve, uh, we'll hop back to the head coach. Uh, just your thoughts about who you're facing. you got Rifle coming up today and, and a couple of uh, games coming up at that Basalt tournament to kind of take us through some of the, the opponents that you'll face uh, this weekend. Yeah, this tournament's got a, a pretty good slate. We'll, you know, obviously, like you said, we'll see Rifle today and then we're in a two-bracket tournament, so we'll see the winner of Moffat County and Eagle Valley tomorrow. Um, and then also, Kent Denver is, is making the trip over from the Eastern Slope to play in it. So, we saw them last year in the championship game, and we're hoping hoping things work out and maybe see them again on Saturday. Yeah, obviously, Kent Denver, always a, a perennial power in girls basketball in the state, no doubt about it. Hey, Steve, I appreciate the time. Merry Christmas, happy holidays to all of you, to, to Maggie Leg, and Macy Oberg and Tegan Rocco as well. We appreciate the time today. Have a safe trip up to Basalt, and, and good luck this weekend. Of course, uh, after the first of the year, we'll have coverage of Montrose basketball with our Highway 50 game of the week over on the Monkey. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Happy holidays. Likewise. Steve Skiff, along with Maggie Legg, Macy Oberg, and Tegan Rocco of the Montrose Red Hawks girls basketball team, our team's team of the week. Could have picked uh, Fruit of Monument girls this week as well. Could have picked Fruit of Monument boys. They're both off to... Uh, fantastic uh, starts uh, undefeated for for both those teams as well but uh, Montrose after that opening loss they have been very impressive in winning 
five straight uh, games. Yeah, there's been some good basketball that's been going on here on the uh, on the Western Slope, yeah, high Hawk, school and CMU. Yeah, Red Hawk boys. We could even say that about uh, Ryan Voringer's team as well. Of course, uh, uh, we'll take a little break from uh, team's team of the week. Now that we're heading into the holidays, and and uh, so uh, next uh, couple of Thursdays, we'll uh, we will not have a team's team of the week, but back with uh, new selections after the first of the year. All right, you can text or call the show, 970-242-1340. Uh, let's see, Steve Beauregard. Charged the most disappointing team. They have so much talent, including a franchise quarterback as a Broncos fan. I hope they keep Brandon Staley. <laughs> me, me too, Steve, me too. Uh, let's see, a name texter. I want to congratulate all the West Slope football players for their All-State selections. Very nice. Bird Dog over at Bird Family Insurance, Rick Mahorn. And Bill Lambert probably should have sought counseling or the league has changed. I don't remember them choking guys, though. I mean, they may have had dust-ups with guys. I mean, Draymond Green's behavior at Not, times is just... It's just flat violent. The Jordan Poole incident in practice the one, the one time, there's just moments where you... Yeah, I don't, I don't get Draymond Green. All right, uh, a couple more here. We've got one from Mark. So a couple of years ago, I took a beating from Rio when I said that Brady was a system quarterback. As much as it pains me, I must now eat my crow and admit that Rio was right after seeing the dumpster fire the Patriots turned into since Brady and Gronk left. I hate the taste of crow. Have a great day. <laughs> you know what? We've all we've all had to do that at some point in life. All right. Uh, very quickly, we have a winner today. Correct for who is it? We do. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the contest. It's another winner on the Team Sports Network. Jeremiah correctly answering Demarcus Ware for who is it today. Now, I was a little cheeky because I said when he was at Auburn, I did not specify that that was actually Auburn High School in Alabama. He actually, of course, famously went to Troy, was a first-round pick. And I, I learned this from weed, weeding up, reading up his Wikipedia page. Bill Parcells, at the time head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, wanted to draft Marcus Spears. And Jerry Jones was like, no, let's draft Marcus Ware. And you know what? That's a rare case where ownership meddling actually worked. <laughs> that was a good call. Though, <laughs> when Demarcus Ware was inducted into the Cowboys Ring of Fame, Ring of Honor? He called him Demarcus Lawrence. Oops. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. All right. Uh, next hour, Clint Trujillo, Central Warriors boys wrestling coach, will join us. Uh, the Warrior Classic gets underway tomorrow out at uh, Central High School, so we'll talk with him. Also next hour, uh, we'll have garbage time as well. We didn't, get, we didn't get to sound check, did we? We did not. We'll do that next hour. We will do that next hour here on the program. So uh, most disappointing team in the NFL right now. Is it the L.A. Chargers? You can text or call us. Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line, 970-242-1340.